is our 30th, so I think this is a great milestone for us in, in getting this far with MassCast. All that distraught over the tablet being gone. Wow, hey, I got a photo of it. What do you know? So I don't even need it. That's right. <laughs> Why did they not think of this sooner? Just crash the plane and you don't have to worry about them. Come see the laser rays. Fire away. Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason G, DJ, movie writer, 80s guru, vehicle code name, Frontier. Wyatt B, sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle code name, Dakota. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome to MassCast 30. Thank you for joining us tonight, and thank you for also downloading our latest episodes on iTunes or on our Buzzsprout page which you can find at masscast.buzzsprout.com. For those of you who stream, we want you to check us out on Stitcher Radio or Mixcloud.com, and you can just search for MassCast, and you should be able to find us pretty easily. And also, thanks for visiting our Mask Movie blog and voting in our poll and leaving your comments each week. We really appreciate that. And uh, we're excited to bring you another episode tonight, episode 30, where we will be reviewing... Episode number 22 of the cartoon, The Secret of Life, which was originally broadcast back on October 29th, 1985. And in this episode, Venom steals an ancient Egyptian tablet from the tomb of King Tut, which may contain the secret of life. I am your host, Jason, and as always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, my mass cast co-host... The Egon Spangler to my Peter Venkman. Wyatt, how are you? That's almost a good analogy. I don't know if I'm quite nerdy enough to be Egon, but I'll take it. <laughs> You're more of the tech person, I guess you would say. True, but I always thought of uh, Ray as more of the tech guy and Egon more of the just the... Scientist? Yeah, the mad yeah. scientist. Okay, well, you can be Ray if you want. Okay. <laughs> Have you heard the uh, the rumors about Ghostbusters 3 and, and all this going on? I've read a little bit. I haven't been able to keep up too much. I think they're pretty much dead at this point. Um, I, think, I think it was Bill Murray that finally came out and said no, uh, where everybody else was kind of yes. And I, th- I think they've actually made a video game. They did make but, a video game. and a video Yeah. I remember it actually was quite popular. All of the cast came back, including um, the secretary. I can't remember her name right now. I think she came. I, I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure 100%, but I think she did come back even for you know a couple lines or something in the video game. I haven't any pots, right? Um, but I haven't heard anything much more of it. Just that it was a popular game, and, and that was it. Yeah be interesting i don't i don't know if i want them to make another one or not i, I like the the two they did make but i liked it but you know 
I I enjoy seeing our old TV shows and movies reborn, even if they're kind of mistaken in some ways, like uh, like the most recent Transformers. But yeah. I still enjoy seeing it and seeing what they're going to do. And if nothing else, it just rekindles our our childhood. Yes, yeah, I'm the same way. I appreciate that they're at least acknowledging that these are popular franchises and it's neat to kind of introduce a new generation to them so to speak i'd still like to see a ghostbusters 3 come out you know maybe that they retired and they're yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're giving the pointer to the new ghostbuster recruits if you will yeah. or something like yeah. that along those lines on. something Enough about Ghostbusters. Let's get on to uh, the uh, the other franchise we like to talk about. Yeah, the the and, the, the, the cooler one for the moment. <laughs> um, and let's uh, let's go right into what's happening in the mask community this week. If you've been following us over on Facebook or our blog, we gave ourselves a belated birthday uh, this week uh, with Wyatt and I being sick and just life going by a mile a minute. Uh, we forgot to uh, to kind of announce that we've reached our one year point for MassCast. That was back in February, I believe, on uh, February 10th, and then uh, back on January 21st was the second birthday for the movie blog. Right. So we were kind of patting ourselves on the back for that one, but we still we still think we got a lot of presents from uh, from all the followers throughout the last couple of years and. For those who have been listening to MassCast over the last year, um, really appreciate all the, the comments and the and the followers. Yes, much gratitude. And then I also posted over on Facebook, I found a site called TroyMackay.com, or it might be McKee. He used to host a site called Dreams Mask Page. And I remember going to that a few times. Yeah, me too. And he has now converted over to his own site that's more of a blog type site and uh, shared some new artwork with uh, Shark and with his little uh, character sprites of all the mass characters. Um, I invited everybody to kind of go over there and even gave him a little shout on Twitter to uh, make sure it was okay to share. And Of course, he agreed, and uh, there's some cool stuff over there. So uh, we invite you to go over there to... Uh, T-R-O-Y-M-C-K-I-E dot com and, uh, and check that out. So, I think that's going to about do it for what's been going on in the uh, mask community. And uh, are you ready to get into this uh, episode? I'm really excited to start the mask cast. This is our 30th, if we haven't uh, spoken of it yet, but this is our 30th, so I think this is a great milestone for us in, in getting this far with MassCast. Oh, I agree, yes. But we will begin our, our show now. <laughs> we end up finding ourselves in modern-day Egypt with a Professor Hillamy studying carefully a part of a tablet of hieroglyphics. Rashid, who ends up being his assistant, walks in, startling the professor, and they discuss what the professor has come up with thus far. Replying to Rashid's question, he states that, It means when we locate Tutafan's tomb, we'll discover the biggest mystery of the ages. The golden scarab was buried with a king. Inscribed on the scarab is the secret of life itself. 
And the location of that king's tomb is hidden on this tablet. As the professor continues, we see a coffin beginning to open. We see this blue hued light shining through or glowing. But then it quickly closes with the professor asking Rashid, did you hear the coffin? Suddenly they see a rat squeak by and they're relieved. Rashid recommends you know, a bit of rest while the professor kind of argues for a minute that he's nearly translated the remainder of this tablet. Well, then he recognizes that his friend is actually right. He agrees while advising him that some men from the United States would be coming to visit. Then he ends up locking the cabinet in, uh, in a glass case. Yeah, it had a, this is a pretty cool opening. I like the nice overview of Egypt as they come in at the beginning. They show the Sphinx and the pyramids and they kind of zoom into the museum there in, in amongst the city or town. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I agree. But as he locks up the tablet and shuts the lights off to uh, to exit the museum for the night, uh, we come back and it's later during the night. The security guard is patrolling and the sarcophagus, it opens again. And this time the lid falls and the guard hears it. Uh, the glowing kind of mummy creature appears and he works his way over to this case where the tablet is and he breaks the glass the guard comes kind of rushing in there and he sees the mummy and the mummy gives him chase at that one little moment there and uh, gets up close to him and as the guard is kind of cowering back against the wall he sprays this gas from his hand and the guard slowly slumps over and faints and we see the mummy escaping through the window had a real kind of scooby-doo feel to it it did and it was just comical that you know, the guy walks in and sees this glowing mummy <laughs> you know and it was it was really impressive though you gotta i gotta give it because it's like flames not just a light it looks like a, a yeah. flaming body burning there yeah it was uh it was very good and i we'll get into it more later but i really liked the the animation of this episode mm-hmm. Anyway, we cut to the dig site the next day after the mummy escapes through the window. Uh, Thunderhawk is on the scene, and Matt congratulates the professor on the progress he's made on the dig so far. The professor says he's still looking for King Tutifon's tomb. Tutifon? And I thought I had a weird name. Uh, who, who is he? Oh, uh, he's some guy who lived a long time ago. He was supposed to be real wise. Oh, a wise guy, eh? That's your. Uh, that's a Three Stooges moment there. That is a Three Stooges kind of moment. Like, yeah. They all walk to the uh, Thunderhawk, and there's, again, another nice shot of the Sphinx and the pyramid in the background, and we see uh, Rashid's Jeep approaching. And then uh, he tells the professor after he gets out, The tablet! It was stolen from the museum! What? How? It seems impossible. But the guard says a mummy came to life and took it. And Matt immediately jumps in and offers to help recover it, saying that he's got some guys that can can help. And they head back to the museum with the professor. And Rashid is kind of <laughs> stays there to babysit Scott and T-Bob. Mm-hmm. Matt asks them to he can watch Scott and T-Bob, and Rashid asks them to help with the dig. So he finds a little activity for them while he's. Uh, while he's babysitting. But I thought it was interesting right here. We see the Thunderhawk take off in jet mode right. with the professor. 
Right, and he says and, he, he alludes to that he has some friends, you know, that he's kind of secretive about the, the mask organization. So I was I yeah. was confused here that, you know, he, okay, he left the jet mode out of the bag, but, you know, he has some friends in higher places, I guess. Right. I, I didn't like that, that little portion, unless they actually know, and he, but they don't know that he, there's more to mask than just Matt. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of baffled at that too. After we, especially after last episode, where you know they were, he was, they were all big into get your mask on, you know, and not letting their identity kind of get out there. But it's comical here with uh, T. Bob, you know, happily volunteering and then dancing around like he was just overjoyed to be digging, as opposed to following along. On Scott's, you know, uh, side episode, if you will, with uh, chasing after yeah. Dad. All right, that'd be great. Thanks. We'll dig up all sorts of great stuff. So back at the meeting, the guard tells the professor and Matt exactly how they found the case. Matt looks closer and identifies that the glass is tempered, with the professor exclaiming that it's an inch thick. Thereby, the mummy had to have been very strong to break it. Distraught, the professor states that, And I was so close to finding the secret of life. Well, then Matt grabs a shard of glass and conveniently has the mask laptop there and analyzes the sample. Of course, I'm thinking of Knight Rider at this point. when Kiss a little ashtray uh, (laughs) (laughs) slides out. I thought of my old cassette player every time that thing popped out, honestly. But in any event, (laughs) the results of the query ends up revealing that there are traces of a metal that happened to coincide with Venom. Hmm, fancy that. Yeah, this and is... they called it Venom Glove Armor, I believe. That's which what I, was I like, thought. What I in the world is Glove Armor? <laughs> right. So, so now we end up getting the call-up, and we only get two agents this time. We get Bruce and Alex, both with Rhino. And it was kind of nice to see the call up you know how they have some kind of stupid mm. thing um but i actually chuckled at the cat catching the seal's fish when yeah, yeah that fish was, uh, he walked out that was a little corny but did you notice that alex is only wearing his mask watch though you know usually he's got those like that watch that takes up his whole arm <laughs> right yeah i didn't notice that and, and i'd still like to know what that bigger yeah thing is yeah so in a crowded marketplace and down a secluded alleyway, we come upon a man answering the door with the mummified visitor growling. And here we see Slyrax's mustache and little pointy beard peeking through the mummy wraps. Miles is eating that moment up with Vanessa saying, What a sick joke. I find it quite amusing. As- see, and I, w- I would have thought that Vanessa would have enjoyed that. So I don't know. I. I thought she would <laughs> love it, but she didn't like this one. And then, uh, and then of course, Rax unwraps the linens from his head. Mayhem then, he asks about the tablet, and Rax places it on the table. And a local there that they've hired, named Abdul, he wants to see it. Mayhem tells him, It's worth a fortune. And I get half of that fortune. Mayhem assures him, the deal's 50-50, and uh, we'll stick to the deal. And Abdul, he exits the room with this tablet as he's uh, going to examine it. 
And then here's where Vanessa comes in and kind of questions Mayhem about the deal. Now, this is Vanessa right here. And she's all... 50-50. You can't be serious. But uh, Mayhem insists that as soon as he translates the tablet, they're going to dump him and keep everything. Right. So then we cut to the mask plane. Good to see that thing there. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Good to see that again. And then we cut to a scene where we see Rhino and Thunderhawk now outside of the museum. And the professor shows Matt uh, a photo he has conveniently taken of the tablet. So all that distraught over the tablet being gone. Well, hey, I got a photo of it. What do you know? So I don't even need it. That's right. (laughs) That was a little, uh, I don't know. There's a few parts like that in here that you put two and two together and you're like, now why did they do that? You know. But anyway, Alex, he kind of expresses his distaste for the the difficulty of the Egyptian language. And the professor, then he translates that... On the wall of the Hall of the Great Khufu... Gesundheit. Khufu, my good man, was the chap who built the Great Pyramid. Eye to the eye of the hidden secret of Tutafan. So um, they have to match this the hieroglyphics that's on the tablet or on the picture now to this place inside the pyramid, and then it'll kind of point to where the final resting place is. And Matt is worried that Venom, of course, might beat them to it now since they have the tablet. Right. Next, we come up to Scott and T-Bob back in their antics of digging away. T-Bob seems dumbfounded at why a mommy, and mommy meaning female mommy here, would steal the tablet. Not that kind of mummy. A mummy mummy. Huh? A mummy is someone that's wrapped from head to toe in bandages. Uh, I hope he's got good health insurance. T-Bob, mummies are dead. Dead? Now T-Bob seems to have blown a gasket here. He ends up having four streams of what would look like steam, I guess, shooting out of him, with him seemingly quaking in fear with the word dead. I love T-Bob sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I couldn't understand that. But anyway, Scott goes further to say that this is what he's hoping to find is the actual a mummy buried. Of course, T-Bob is now rushing... In reverse, if you will, he starts putting the dirt that they've already dug back into the hole that they've been digging at. No, we're not! Stop it, T-Bob! Little bit of a roll-your-eyes moment there. Yeah, I've had a couple of those in this episode with Scott and T-Bob. Right. So we come up to the pyramid with a crowd of tourists, and we hear Rax telling everyone that the pyramid is now closed. He's wearing a, a what looks like a, a uniform there. And then we all of a sudden see T-Bob in the distance with Rhino coming upon the pyramid. Rax is startled and ends up running into the pyramid, telling the rest of Venom that Mask is here, while Matt gets ready to put some uh, memories into Venom's scrapbook, as he puts it. Right. There's a nice shot here of uh, the Rhino grill, and then you see kind of Thunderhawk overhead. Yes. I really like that. Uh, it was kind of a ground shot looking up to the sky. Very cool there. Yeah. So then uh, Matt spots the Venom vehicles parked outside, uh, kind of in plain sight of the pyramid. We see uh, Switchblade and Piranha and Manta. His uh, Spectre mask, it lowers down, 
and no voice command here or anything. Um, I think they didn't they last episode they mask on or something. Yeah, or, they did, and then and then it dropped or something there. So it just drops down. Um, we see Venom exiting the pyramid with Abdul, and Abdul he bumbles and trips and falls. Uh, he loses the tablet that he was using to you know decipher where this tomb was. Vanessa uses the whip mask. Whip on! No! Give it back! We don't need you anymore. And then we see uh, Switchblade kind of taking off into the sky. Rhino converts. It was a nice shot of Rhino converting here. Yes, I like that. And, and Matt yells over the radio to hold your fire that there's too many people around. And Mayhem, and he's up in Switchblade now, says that they can't shoot us. Now to create a little diversion. He gets kind of in position. He shoots a, a missile from Switchblade right at the top of the pyramid. And it just starts to crumble and these rocks start to fall down the side of the pyramid. And a bus of tourists below kind of look up and see this thing coming. And they're scared out of their wits that they're going to get flattened. And of course, the bus won't start. So all these <laughs> all these passengers are frantic as they, you know, instead of exiting the bus and getting out of the way, they're kind of pounding on the glass almost and looking up as these rocks begin to fall. Matt, we see a shot of him that he sees the rocks falling, and then we're pretty much cut to our dramatic commercial break. Right, and like you, it just did not make sense, and I realize it's overthinking on a cartoon, but. You got people looking up at big boulders heading towards you. Get the heck off the bus. <laughs> well, some people kind of freeze that is true. when they're in fear. But that is true. Yeah, I'm like, I look up and see it, and I'm out of there. <laughs> right. And, you know, I was actually, it didn't happen the way, well, the way I was actually thinking about it. I thought Bruce might have come up from behind with Rhino and, like, used a battering ram grill and bumped it out of the mm-hmm. place or pushed it out of the place. And this is where we come back from the commercial and we actually see what happens. And with the tourists yelling, watching the blocks tumble towards them, Matt instructs Bruce to use the lifter. Bruce, use the lifter. The lifter. Yeah, exactly. They're pulling that stunt again. Ugh. They also, <laughs> if you didn't notice, um, they changed the echo effect when they're talking in their masks. Yes, I did notice that. It was annoying, but I'll, we'll talk to that, about that later on. Uh, yeah. When I knew that they were going to use Lifter here, it just was almost, you can see it coming. And in the past, they've used, when they've used Lifter, they usually kind of go around the rock. So I was expecting him to use it and, like, move the rocks or, or pick up the rocks instead of picking up the bus. Right. They've done that a couple times where... Venom would shoot the side of a hill and rocks would fall and he picks up the rocks instead of moving whatever vehicle or something that's in the way. Right. I well, think there was one other time where he, he moved uh, uh, He did move another bus, but it was actually in yes. another episode where uh, I'm trying to think of the name. It was the uh, Scepter of Regime episode, I that's think. That's it, because the elephants were charging at the bus. Yes. So, uh, I, I guess there's Equal equal opportunity there. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's just, you know, uh, again, overthinking. But maybe it's just that that's what Bruce thought of at that moment. Hey, lifter on and pointed at the bus. Yeah. But So Bruce ends up using the lifter to lift the bus 
just over the rock tumbling. It was just enough. Uh, with a cheering crowd, Alex shows Bruce that they have a guest leaving, which happens to be Abdul. Bruce says, I've still got lots of lift left in my lifter. Lifter, on. Oh. Oh. Ah! Uh, he ends up putting Abdul in the top of a tree, uh, and he's yelling that he's afraid of heights, of all things. Uh, Matt remarked that it'll hold him until the authorities arrive, and then he concludes the scene with, Now let's check the inscription on the pyramid wall. So we're now back to our dynamic goofs, I mean duo, with T-Bob asking what will happen when they do find a mummy. And Scott replies that, We'll capture him with your goop bomb. So that, you know, I'm sitting here wondering what the heck that thing is. <laughs> the trusty goop bomb. Right. So T-Bob explains that, My goop bomb? But it never works right. Then let's practice. So he ends up setting up a shovel, uh, kind of opposite of them and the dig. And has T-Bob use it as a target. Scott uses a voice command, which is actually impressive here. Goop bomb on. Yeah. Uh, T-Bob's lid, head lid, whatever you want to call it, opens up, and we see this, what looks like uh, a funky water hose nozzle, but when it shoots, it curves up. You know, it shoots out like a foot, and then, boom, right up in the air, which rains down all over T-Bob. Now, Scott just laughs at this. Here, I'm thinking, Scott, you're the one that's going to have to clean this sucker up. <laughs> yeah. Clean up duty for Scott on that one. So we head back inside the pyramid. Um, Alex is now holding up the photo as they look for this uh, hieroglyphic that looks like an eye. And Matt sees it, identifies it, and Alex deciphers a little more that... By Jove, I think you've got it! It's pointing to a mound in front of the Sphinx. That's not far from the digging site. And Scott... Doesn't say anything about T-Bob. Poor T-Bob, he's... No, he just says that's where liver, Scott but... is. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm actually really got, impressed at how quickly they found, you know, after all this translating and all this deciphering, it took them, what, 30 seconds to find the <laughs> to location find, of this yeah. mound. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we cut back outside. We have a uh, switchblade and Manta flying overhead. Uh, they see this mound, but they now they hesitate because of all the people. That's um, what also got me, because it was Vanessa that was actually concerned about right. the amount of people. I'm sitting there going, what happened to Vanessa? She, she uh, changed her diet or something? What's going on? Ah, there's the rhymes. But the place is swarming with people. Not for long. Mayhem, he radios down to Sly, let's go. And Piranha, he like, darts back and forth, creating this big dust cloud. Switchblade, he converts from jet back to helicopter to generate an even larger dust cloud. And now the people begin to leave. It's kind of this, like, sandstorm now. Scott and T-Bob are kind of left behind as all these people are scattering to get away from the sandstorm. And they, as they're frantically trying to get out now, Scott loses his foothold on this uh, mound, and it drops down into the secret tunnel right but it looked and, like a uh, sinkhole is what it looked like yeah too. it was yeah it was exactly it was like a sinkhole and uh as they're sliding down through this and as the sand kind of funnels out they find themselves in this underground uh tomb i loved it here because t-bob actually like timidly hugs old scott for comfort like he really needs <laughs> to be baby right now eh! oh, where are 
And then we uh, we cut back outside to Switchblade and Manta. This we have a nice kind of overhead shot looking straight down, like on the top of uh, Switchblade and Manta, and you see the mound kind of pass over them. Vanessa sees the opening now that's left by Scott and T Bob, and Mayhem says they'll dig the easy way, and he uh, fires a missile at the mound, and. <laughs> and then in the distance, uh, we cut back to Mask. Bruce, uh, who's driving Rhino and Matt, and they see this explosion kind of in the in the distance. And Matt tells them to hurry as they're trying to get to this uh, mound. And we see Scott and T-Bob. They still don't know where they are no. um, down in there. And Scott asks T-Bob to use his light, which is, this is a pretty cool feature. Yeah, I like I like his little headlight. His uh, eyes light up. Right. And that's his uh, that's his headlights. That was uh, that was pretty cool. But they uh, they stumble onto this sarcophagus now. King Tut. Oh, cut it out! That's not King Tutafon. It isn't. Woo! Oh, I was scared for a sec. It's his sarcophagus. The mummy's probably inside. Yeah. Of course, T. Bob still trips out about it. And turns to face a worse scared right there, which happens to be Miles Mayhem. He then runs behind. Yeah, it was. I actually like that. This is the second time he's done that, though. Yeah, I think it was the Cold Fever episode when they're at the when they have that big dome, right? And they're snooping around inside. T. Bob runs behind Scott with Miles asking, "What are they doing there?" Of course, Miles just still hasn't put two and two together that this is. Scott and T-Bob, who they keep running into every couple episodes. <laughs> um, but Scott stumbles and comes up with a story saying that... Well, I, uh... We're, uh, lost. That's it. We fell down a hole, just like Alice in Wonderland. Of course, T-Bob kind of adds a little quip saying, now they're just looking for an elevator. <laughs> so Miles ends uh. up uh, instructing them to leave, and Scott leans over and quietly tells T-Bob to use his goop bomb. A little hesitant, he ends up turning it on. Goop bomb on! T-Bob, look what you're aiming at! Uh. As they're running down the the little hallway, Scott tells T-Bob that that was a good job while he jokes that he can hit anything as long as he doesn't aim directly at it. Doesn't aim at it, right. So that takes us to the surface. Scott notices daylight at the end of this little uh, hallway, if you will. And they end up running out of the tomb where they end up seeing Thunderhawk in the sky. T-Bob quickly turns around so that Scott can radio Matt. Venom's inside the tomb! I read you, Scott. You'd better get out of there. They're actually eager to get out of there now. Scott has T-Bob go into motorcycle mode, not motor scooter mode like he usually calls it. Motorcycle mode! And yeah, I made a note of that too. That was one of my little ticks that... He has always called him a motor scooter up to this point. Right. And now he's a motorcycle. But as they're... I like the transformation. It was a close-up. We've seen this before. Yes. But I liked it again. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, that was a that was a very cool close-up of T-Bob converting. And it was almost slow motion there at one point, like when his arms go in. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, but we go back inside as Venom is opening the sarcophagus. A nice shot, uh, which I put up on Facebook of uh, Mayhem with a flashlight and kind of Vanessa in the background as they open up this coffin. He looks inside. There is the golden scarab 
kind of sitting there just for him. Uh, he grabs it, and they exit the uh, the tomb. And I love this scene where Thunderhawk, they get out of the, the tomb up to daylight, and Thunderhawk, like, dive bombs mayhem. That was awesome. Ah! Mass. Quick to the vehicles. But they run, they get to their Venom vehicles. I like the way Mayhem slid down the hill here. Yeah, that was good. Uh, as a quick, uh, <laughs> to get down to the to the switchblade quicker. Uh, Rhino pulls up, and Bruce uh, uses Lifter. This was a this was a cool scene. I, this is probably my favorite part of the whole episode. Yeah. He comes up and he uses Lifter to pick up Switchblade and dump it like upside down nearby. Lifter on. Stop it! Put it down. Don't pay for this. What fascinates me, and I know this is a cartoon, but why did they not think of this sooner? Just crash the plane. You don't have to worry about them. <laughs> but uh, it was good, even though it was lifter overkill in this episode. You know, I, don't, I must have used it at least four times. But still, this part was was very good. I, I thought that was a a very cool thing to do. Um, so Raxi pulls up in Piranha and, and picks up Mayhem in the sidecar. There's a nice close-up of Thunderhawk zooming in. You, mm-hmm. you look at it from the nose. And Matt tells Bruce and Alex that he's going after Piranha and to cover Vanessa. Then Mayhem, he kind of gets this bumpy ride in the sidecar. That which was kind of comical. I, I, it, was, it was funny. I wish they would have used some sound effects here yeah. of him, uh, <laughs> you know, and... But they, it was just kind of silent, and he's just kind of bouncing around in there. Right. And right here, you know, I realize we see why later. But initially, I'm sitting there going, why didn't they kind of – it didn't make sense about this tactic. You know, we have Thunderhawk, which is a jet, going after the motorcycle. And then we have Rhino, a ground vehicle, chasing after what – Manta, which will turn into a jet. It didn't yeah, make sense to that. me. I thought, you know, jet for jet, ground for ground. I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And I didn't catch on to that until obviously later they switch. But right. this uh, this was the ultimate roll your eyes moment of the episode. We've had one more of these where uh, I think it was in uh, it, it was in the Highway of Terror episode where mm-hmm. Mayhem loses his pants. Uh, but this time Matt he uses the Thunderhawk laser to shoot down and heats up the rear of the Piranha sidecar and also the rear of Mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'd be more comfortable if his seat was warmed up. He gets some smoky pants there in the back, and that was just, uh, I was like, oh, come on, geez. Right, he jumps up grabbing his butt like Vanessa yeah. did in the last episode. But what was funny is, with all that bumping around, he didn't fall out. You would have thought that would have added a little more comic to it, that, you know, he's yeah, just like, well, think- he's gone. Yeah, and I think he had they had the windshield down. It, at least it looked like when I was watching the episode. So he he was kind of inside the piranha sub bouncing around right. so he couldn't like bounce out. But so now we come up on Manta transforming into a jet. And this is where Bruce now suggests that they change their opponents. So Matt ends up chasing after Manta and he ends up launching a thruster pod, that's what I can call it, that attaches to the hood of Manta. It ignites, and the jet thruster from it forces Manta to the ground. Vanessa lands hard enough that it 
looks like she's actually knocked out for a moment. Yeah, and they didn't use any sound effects here either. No. I thought this would have been a, another opportunity for them to use some voice sound effects as Manta kind of crash lands. and She's getting whipped around there, no pun intended, uh, inside the car, and and they don't use uh, anything. And I, you know, I don't mind the little uh, thruster pod trick that uh, that he's used before, but he used the same line as he did before. A, a dose of my magnetic personality. Uh, I was like, wow. that was a recycled line. I can't remember which other <laughs> which episode it was, but I was like, come on with something new there. Come on. So then uh, Matt ends up landing behind uh, Manta and walks up. And we actually kind of, it's a good shot here. We get to see as if Vanessa is looking through the rearview mirror of Manta. So you see the opposite uh, for the reflection of it. Yeah. So he's walking up, but then we see that Vanessa actually wasn't knocked out, or at least she just now woke up. She ends up punching a button from this hidden keypad that's on the center console of Manta, which I thought was a really cool option on yeah. Manta. Very James Bond. Yes. And then this button triggers a sleeping gas from the back of Manta, almost looks like the exhaust pipe, and ends up knocking Matt out, and then she races off. Yeah, she she has the line here where she says, Sleep tight, baby. And she uh, peels out and uh, approaches Rhino, who is uh, chasing uh, Piranha at this point. And Manta kind of pulls alongside Piranha, and Vanessa tells Mayhem to throw her the scarab that he has since he's been bumped around so much in, in the sidecar there. And Mayhem, he doesn't want to get rid of this thing. No, he he's, tells, a, he's a guy in charge. He's going to hold the prize. Right, right. And he says no, and he tells her to pull closer, and he tries to pull this Michael Knight or Dukes of Hazard move where he's getting out of the, that was a classic, the sidecar. That was a classic Boss Hog right there. And I remember yeah. the episode <laughs> jumping from Boss Hog's Cadillac into the General Lee, which didn't make sense. But that was hilarious nonetheless. He's, he's trying to get into the, the Manta car, and there's a nice shot of rhino approaching you see the grill getting closer and closer to him as they get closer to this rock and then the two vehicles swerve to miss this rock and mayhem he goes flying up in the air and uh loses the scarab oh, in you, front of you him. missed it you missed it they're getting rhino's getting closer and he blasts the air horn Bows looks back and yells shut up Oh, I'm, I guess I did miss that. Or I actually laughed out loud. <laughs> I laughed out loud. I'm, I was actually watching this at work. I, didn't, I missed that. This. That was hilarious. <laughs> you this big old, you see the rhino just inching closer, closer, and all of a sudden, <laughs> and then you hear, shut up. <laughs> I, I missed, I totally missed that one. And that's where he starts stumbling, and then they end up coming up to that big boulder yeah. and, and driving off the and edge they, of the, the cliff there or whatever. Right, and then we get uh, Bruce using Lifter again to uh, grab the scarab from the ground, and Mayhem, he's... Give it back to me! That's mine! Uh, he's having a little fit there, too. He's just yeah, dancing he, around. No, no, give uh, it back! Yeah, he was acting like a little kid there, almost. And uh, Manta pulls up, and we see Rax is peeking in from the back seat. Vanessa tells Mayhem that there's nothing more that they can do. And, of course... Mayhem, he leaves promising, I'll get masked for this. That's a promise. Rhino pulls up 
to Thunderhawk, and Matt comes to after being knocked out from the gas. He sees the scarab, and Bruce quotes one of his ancestors. Find us, keep us. <laughs> I was like, oh, geez. That's another roll your eyes moment. Yeah, and I, Alex liked it there. Yeah, he did. He had a good laugh at that one. Right, and then we get back to the museum for the final scene. And I knew this was coming this whole time. From the beginning of this episode, I was like, "They're gonna. This is gonna be a huge letdown on what the secret of life is." And the professor, he he finally he has the scarab, and he interprets with the uh, everybody kind of looking on. Mankind has searched in vain for thousands of years to discover this, and now I can tell you that the secret of life is love. <laughs> well, it, you know, Scott was kind of into it. He tells T-Bob to stop squeaking, you know. And <laughs> of course, T-Bob was saying, I need a lube job. Yeah, yeah. But they all get the traditional laugh, and that's right, but the there was end a, of the episode. Right, there was a slight hesitation. It's like they were all confused, and Bruce kind of got it first and then is like oh I get it and then that's when they all laugh yeah and this brings yeah. us to our public service announcement yeah and uh, you know who doesn't want to go dumpster diving wow I bet there's a lot of great junk in there give me a lift I'll climb inside okay and Matt pulls up in Thunderhawk to kind of scold him that there, you know, could be broken glass or rusty metal or rats inside. Of course, T-Bob startled with that little comment. Rats! <laughs> and then Matt says that it's not a playground. Of course, Scott ends up jumping down off of T-Bob's hands and says, Thanks for warning me, Dad. And that's no garbage. Oh, my. Well, I'll let you go first this week. Uh, what was your rating? Well... I uh, ended up rounding it up. I was at a solid 4.5, uh, really throughout the, movie, the the episode. I I loved what? it. <laughs> what? You're giving this thing a five? Seriously? Seriously, it took a while. Um, uh, there was a few markdowns, but I guess I was more impressed here um, with the episode. I loved the uh, almost. Indiana Jones feel that they're treasure hunting here. The animation was actually pretty good. Uh, I was really impressed with the animation, with especially the close-up transformations of T-Bob, Manta, and Rhino there. I really enjoyed Rhino's air blast there at Miles with his reply. Uh, what I didn't like was the no voice commands uh, with the mask down, which was just a minor tick to me. I mean, I didn't like the the new mask voice change when they're wearing the masks. It was just too much reverb or echo effect. I agree. It did sound a lot different than what they had been doing over the last several episodes. Right. There was a few roll your eye moments, but overall, I, I guess I liked the, the animation was what trumped it for me. So uh, that's why I gave it a 4.5. I I actually liked it. I wouldn't put it equally with the Rotex or the Golden Goddess episodes, but I was still impressed. Uh, mostly the animation and a few of the jokes, but uh, 
that's why I gave it a five. Like I said, it was a four point five solid, but I rounded up. What say you? Well, I, hearing you talk about it and and looking at my notes here, I, if I would have came into this episode having not watched the first twenty one consecutively, um, I probably would have marked it higher. Uh, but having gone through all those episodes and now getting up to this point and kind of what's expected, I was a little more critical, I guess you would say, than you. Um, I gave it a three. Ooh. I like the mystery surrounding, you know, what is the secret of life at the beginning? But again, I had this pit in my stomach that I was like, oh, this is going to be something dumb at the end. <laughs> um, and it was. I kind of like, and I, I'm with you that I kind of like the different elements they pulled from this. They did have that kind of adventurous Indiana Jones. It had the Scooby Doo kind of mystery feel at the beginning with the creature, you know. Um, and I, I again, the reason why I I kept it up that much was the animation because it was really good. Loved the shots throughout, and they really are getting creative. And I hope it continues as we as we keep going through these episodes. Um, they're getting more shots. They're doing low shots. They're doing overhead shots. Really good. I'm really, really thoroughly... This is probably one of the better animated episodes that I've really, really noticed it um, so far. Um, the bad... There was too much lifter. <laughs> Come on. Use the jackrabbit or use something else in this. Uh, I don't, we, didn't, we didn't get uh, Spectrum at all. No, not the only at all. One on, the only one on Mask that got used was Lifter. And they used it like four times. I'm like, use somebody else. Come on. This is Mask. I didn't like the recycled line with the personality. And uh, again, here's another thing that I noticed having watched all the other episodes and and expecting some stuff. In the call-up, they actually call Bruce the co-pilot of Rhino. Bruce Sato, mechanical engineer and design specialist. Vehicle code name Rhino. Function co-pilot and we have him driving in a couple scenes right and i'm like i missed that uh i was like come on all right if you're gonna if he's gonna be like you know part of the team or whatever don't call him the co-pilot and then he's he was number one in this episode you know he he did more than matt did i think right so the voice echo effect i'm with you on that that was kind of distracting here's another this is a tick okay uh when Switchblade is firing the missiles, you see a second one reload. Yeah. Okay. And you can see the the one behind it when the other one is fired. So why didn't they? Why did he only have one in like the Ghost Bomb episode? <laughs> you know, it's, it's just quirky. This that's just a that's a tick. Having watched the previous episodes, and then of course Scott calling T Bob a motorcycle instead of motor scooter, and uh, not using those voice sound effects when it could have kind of helped the helped the scene but i don't know it just did not i don't think it ended well i didn't like the way they used scott and t-bob in the episode at all it was just more comic relief they were a little bit involved at the end there but it was just kind of like by accident they weren't like part of the mission or whatever so i'm i'm staying with a solid three on this one and we'll just uh agree to disagree <laughs> Uh, let's see what, uh, did you have any tie-ins to the script with this episode? The only thing I could find was the use of T-Bob's headlights. We use it once in the uh, episode where, uh, uh, 
course, our dynamic duo are stowed away in in Rhino, in uh, in there in a they're in a darkened room. Oh, that's right, we do. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, um, I don't know if we should let the cat out of the bag, but we end up giving Rhino a little trailer, uh, not not a big fifty three foot. Spoiler alert! Yeah, but it's just a little. Um, I have a picture in my mind, something like along the lines of the short trailers, like the UPS or delivery tractor trailers have. How about you? Um, the only thing that I really um, it kind of stood out to me was I did like the aerial scenes that they showed, and there are a few that we have in the script with uh, Manta and Thunderhawk. Switchblade and Condor, right? Kind of all in the sky at the same time, and having this uh, kind of dogfight and battle scene. We didn't really get, you know, the the air to air combat in this episode, but uh, with some of those shots, the new shots that they did, that just kind of I had some of those images kind of pictured in my mind as we were writing the script. Right. But uh, let's go on to the poll. It looks like uh, we've had some. Votes all over the board this week. There was uh, four votes for a five, three for a four, three for a three, and one two. So it's kind of even its way out in kind of like the three and a half range, I guess, or maybe a little bit closer to four. That's what I would say. It's closer to a four average here. And um, we have two comments this week. Our first one is from Anna. This is another great episode. I like the action with the mummy in the beginning. We can't tell that it's Rax, like we could in the Oz effect. And that's good. Another great part is where Mayhem tries to climb from Piranha to Manta, with Rhino driving right behind them. The only negative thing I have to say about this episode is the sound Manta makes when it transforms at the end. This isn't the way these vehicles normally sound when they transform, and it's not the way I think Manta should sound. Well, thank you, Anna, and that's that's a good point. Um, of course, we all have our own uh, ideas of how the sound should be, but you're right. It wasn't a typical uh, mask or venom transformation sound. Yeah, it just didn't sound it didn't sound right. I, I'll definitely agree with that. And then our other commenter was uh, Eric over at Cartoonopolis. This was an okay episode, but it had too much Scott and T-Bob for me. Also, Venom's objective is not really clear either. What did Mayhem hope to gain from this scarab? That's a good point. Yeah. Um, an undiscovered source of power or a map to a massive treasure? And what's with that half-hearted fighting on both teams? Matt gives Mayhem a hot butt instead of trying to take him and racks out. And Mayhem yells at Rhino to shut up instead of blasting it with Viper. <laughs> That's some good points. Right. Uh, the good, I really loved the scene in the beginning with Rax as the mummy. The green glowing stuff was animated really well, especially when it looks like it's dripping off of Rax's arm. You noted that, Wyatt. Yeah. And then the vocal effects used for the masks were also nicely done. By the way, in the previous episode, Mardi Gras Mystery... If you look at the animation very closely of Switchblade in the air transforming at the end, you'll see Rax climb into the cockpit from the landing skid. So thankfully, poor Rax wasn't flung out into locations unknown and left for dead. So, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that either. I thought he might have climbed back in rather than getting thrown from it at the end of the Mardi Gras episode, but 
Uh, thanks for your input on that, Eric, and, and some great comments there. I, I totally agree with uh, pretty much everything you said there. Their uh, motivation and then, yeah, the, the couple other points where you made where they're not blasting each other. They're just kind of toying with each other almost. That's it. So thanks, for, uh, thanks to Eric and Anna for commenting. And uh, that's going to about do it for this episode. Our next mass cast, I think we're going to go right back in to the cartoon with episode 23 called Vanishing Point. So Venom hijacks planes by setting up a fake airport, jamming radars and confusing pilots to land there. So that's our our basis for the next episode. Sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah. Not sure what their motivation is going to be for that, but uh, uh, apparently these planes are maybe have some precious cargo or something. Yeah, that's going to do it. We uh, we thank everybody for joining us. And if you listen to MassCast on iTunes, uh, we would appreciate you leaving us a rating. Just It'll only take about 30 seconds or a minute and uh, help us get some more exposure in the, uh, in the iTunes store. So if you're on iTunes, please give us a rating. We would appreciate it. Right. And that, like Jason said, that wraps it up for another edition of MassCast. This is our 30th, which is a, a great feat for us. We are continuing to enjoy bringing you the mass cast and always looking forward in our quest to get mask onto the big screen so uh, on behalf of jason this is wyatt and thanks for joining mass cast sleep tight